you know, a girl with her nipple cut off or smearing, you know, shit into an open wound. I'll be vomited on, injecting fecal matter into a girl's labia, you know, just running around naked, covered in blood, and upside down like a pig, rotted meat, and missing his penis. Flies and just the stench, slitting her throat to humiliate them, having sex with the wound, they're pieces of shit, and like, ugh, God, and like, you're done watching this movie, you just want to take a bath. I like to work with people who I trust, especially when you're making so something so graphic and so real and intense. We use safety words, like in bondage. I say, you know, because they're screaming, no, help me stop, you know. How do, how do you know really when to stop? So we made sure that we had like a safety word, like yellow or banana or something like that. And You know, these guys would drink sometimes to loosen up. They knew that they can go in and be killed and be put into that, put into that situation where you're, you're a victim, but you know nothing really is gonna happen to you. But in the back of your head, there's that thing going, could it really happen? You know, what if this, you know, what if, you know, Fred is, you know, full of shit and, uh, you know, really hits me with a real hammer instead of, you know, a fake one. Welcome to Speak All Evil, the podcast you were warned about. I'm Trent here with Kevin and Dave. Hello. Hello. Follow us on Instagram at Speak All Evil Pod. I know we already did our Valentine's Day episode, but today our time is actually Valentine's Day night right now. Hell of a date night. <laughs> I'm eating chocolate. Here we are. We got Dave some chocolates. <laughs> <laughs> Good night for eating chocolates, melting. It's all over my fingers and my hands and my mouth and everything. The studio has never been better. Sorry, Ben, if you're out there. I mean, I've just been blown away. Kevin, I think you should take some credit here for what you've been doing here at the studio. It really makes a difference when we come in here. Kevin has been working feverishly around the clock, making improvements, upgrades all over the place to the studio space. I've been hearing about it on the street. I've been hearing about it from random band members and session guys out talking about, you know, Kevin Kenny's new management at the space. Yeah, it's luxurious. Good job, Kevin. Thank Great you. Great job. It's amazing. You guys watch anything this week besides uh, what we're about going to delve into? Uh, nothing. Weren't you watching um, The Outsider, the show? I did. I finished that. Fucking awesome. Love it. Um, especially if you're like a King fan. There's just so many. He has a lot of like things that come up in a lot of King stories. But I mean, just really great. Great acting. Love the way that it turned out. Nice. And then for TV, I restarted the show Fringe which is also on HBO Max. J.J. Abrams' kind of first big thing he did oh, no, after not, Lost got huge. No clue. Oh, after Lost. I, I, going at the same time, but I think it was like a few years into Lost. Obviously, everyone was letting J.J. Abrams do whatever the hell he wanted. So he started this show. A little more sci-fi. Uh, a lot more sci-fi, actually, but still really cool. Dave, you, you're, you're um, nothing? Well, I mean, on Valentine's week, watching... This vile stuff. <laughs> uh, like, I'm, I'm lucky I'm not watching Sex in the City because after a viewing like this, to even try to put on another horror movie, it's like discredits the whole True. genre, uh, you know, in a relationship dynamic anyway. So, yeah, I just, I just, oh. what I, I took what I could get this week as far as the, the remote control went. 
This was all uh, you were a lot of these two this, movies. Yeah, that was the end the, of your privileges. And the heart emoji. That's that's all I had this week was a little <laughs> sacrifice. Uh, ew. <laughs> well, before oh. we get to the movie that we've Shout got on right now, chocolate. Oh, Kevin, Ooh. did you like these? Uh... Yeah, I can't. <laughs> oh. Well, um, for something totally different, you guys ever heard of or have you seen "My Heart Can't Beat Unless You Tell It To"? No, but I saw on your Voodoo that you had purchased it. Yeah, I rented it. It's good. It's okay. good. Um, it's uh, twenty twenty. Yeah, twenty twenty. It's a vampire movie, but it's. It's closer to Let the Right One In. It's okay. about a kid that's a vampire, and he lives with his two older siblings, and they have to procure his victims, his blood for him. So it's that kind of setup. It's, I mean, it's no Let the Right One In, but it's very good. I thought it was very interesting uh, debut feature film from uh, the, the filmmaker, but it starred Owen Campbell. Foreigner? No, no. Um, Owen Campbell was um, RJ in X, the director it's making movie in okay. X. Okay, yeah, yeah. And he also um, was in Super Dark Times, which I never really put together on Tubi. Have you guys seen that? I have. Yeah. I, didn't, I thought it was fine. Yeah. Also watched, uh, I, I don't think you guys have seen this, got a tip from Joe Bob Briggs. What's his show called on Shudder? Isn't uh, it like The Drive-In or The Last Drive-In with Joe la- Bob Briggs? The Last Drive-In, yeah. They showed uh, a movie from 96 called Freeway. With Reese Witherspoon oh, and Kiefer Sutherland, have you seen that? Wow. I know of that. Isn't it? it it's kind of like The Vanishing. No, no, no. That's kind of what I was expecting. No, it's a crazy like black comedy thriller horror. Oh. It, it's it's I don't. It's almost closer to like Natural Born Killers. Oh, it's okay. A, it's a crazy dark comedy, and it's like it's a a play on um, Little Red Riding Hood, and Reese Witherspoon is Little Red Riding Hood. She's got like her basket and she's trying to make it to her grandmother's house. And then Kiefer Sutherland is, you know, like the big bad wolf. It's really crazy. If you've never heard of Freeway, if you've never seen Freeway, highly recommend. Wow. Okay. Really bizarre. It's on Tubi right now. Wait, I watched a vampire movie too. Yeah. Dracula Untold. I've heard of that. (laughs) Sounds terrible. It was like uh, 2013 or 14, I think. It was yet another attempt to reboot the Universal Monsters thing, even before like Cruises the Mummy and stuff. I think probably like the like Wolfman with like Del Toro and stuff was like probably around. Oh, okay, okay. PG thirteen, so it's a little bummer. It's actually pretty good. It's not a horror movie. It's it's yeah. definitely more like period piece action, um, but I liked it. I, I did watch uh, some research material for my week next week. Oh yeah, what'd you see? I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> this week. <laughs> yeah, I watch this stuff, but I can't tell you about it. Well, that's for next week. We haven't done this week yet. Yes, yes. This week, it's time to go where a few podcasts have gone. <laughs> as far as I can find. Now, there are, there are podcast episodes out there about this movie, but uh, we're going to talk about the infamous 2001 found footage horror film called August Underground, directed, produced, co-written, and starring Fred Vogel, uh, who would go on to make a trilogy of August Underground movies and found the production company Totag Pictures. That gives you an idea where we're going here. I've been very, very curious about this movie for a long time, and I've been kind of afraid of it, a little bit scared. This has never been, until now, this movie has never been available on commercial streaming platforms, whether it's subscription or rental. You had to buy this movie. It, it was released on uh, VHS. 
from and, him, uh, from what, Fred Vogel, right? Yes. Right. Yeah, this it's is as indie as it gets. I think he started with 200 copies, 200 VHS copies that he sent out there. So I've always been curious about this. I didn't find out about it until like the mid-aughts. And it has this mystique because of the rarity of it. I just have always wondered, and it's, it has a reputation for being the most brutal thing. So just last year, um, Unearthed Films, which is a physical media movie release company that specializes in the most filthy stuff out there, they re-released on Blu-ray and DVD all three August Underground movies. And I think that's why now, all of a sudden, the first and third one are available on uh, for rental on Vudu, YouTube, Google Play, at least the first one, August Underground. You can rent, you can buy, so... We bought. Yeah, we bought. This is I, this is it. This is our moment. This is my chance. And if I'm going to watch this, I really want to drag you guys down with me. <laughs> so I have now seen August Underground. And wow, it is one of the most brutal, graphic, vile, stomach-turning, hard-to-watch masterpieces I've ever seen. 100%. I mean, anything we've talked about, Solo... Angel's Melancholy, Atroz, Human Centipede, Serbian film, anything we've talked about, this is right up there, if not more vile. Would you say the greatest? It might be the greatest filth of all time. I don't think it's You the... stole my only note. That's the only <laughs> thing I had to say. <laughs> you used the word filth? No, I used the word vile. <laughs> Um, I, I, I'm blown away. I, I'm a fan. I'm a total convert. Fred Vogel is a genius. These movies are incredible. They are incredibly filthy and brutal. It is 100% as advertised. We've talked about some of this edgelord stuff you hear about. You go track it down. You're like, man, this is really shoddy filmmaking, number one. And two, it's not that brutal. This is actually, to me, this is great filmmaking. I didn't know about uh, Vogel's background and effects, any of that stuff. Uh, I, I was just blown away by this movie. Kevin, you had seen this a long time ago on a burn DVD from your sketchiest friend or something, right? I mean, I wouldn't call him my sketchiest friend. I'm hanging out with you guys. Oh. You, do you but, say you watched it in the bedroom, like at a party, like it was cocaine? No, like, it was like a, like a party, but not like I hold up in a bedroom with like a friend of mine and watched August Underground. It was like right. a party and his computer was in the bedroom and people were in all kinds of rooms and he was like check this out <laughs> that's a wild this party is, that's this a is wild a party. very defensive answer <laughs> <laughs> look i am super glad that we waited this long because this this movie has come up on a few episodes just in passing we've referenced it we've done a ton of really fucking depraved films we certainly have grotesque i forgot about that one and if anything it's a testament to not just this movie but also Vogel's, like, his whole strategy of keeping this very indie yes. and very close to his heart. Yeah. It's all legit, man. Like, it holds up. I'm so glad that we watched all the films that you just referenced, Trent, and so many more that, that none of us could name all the disgusting movies that we've watched. <laughs> this is the greatest for a reason. It's up there. Like, I, I mean, a Serbian film, cinematography, overall quality, yeah, sure. Obviously, it beautifully shot. Some Atroz similar to, to August I Underground. I thought kind of an update of this almost. But this is legit, man. This is talked about for a reason. Yep. Would it be as talked about if it was saturated, if you could go on Tubi and watch this like every other month? Maybe not. 
However, I still think it holds up. It's really hard to find a movie this realistic. I mean, you think about just a basic concept. You know what? I like horror. I have an effects background. I want to start making movies. I'm just going to do one that's just a serial killer behind the camera, serial killer in front of the camera. We're going to laugh. We're going to fucking kill people. We're going to make it look real. It's kind of fucking brilliant. It is. And like you said, and we can get into it, but... You know, I didn't know a lot about Vogel. I think, what, is it Sandman he pops up in? Yes, we saw him in that. That's right. I forgot about that. So, you know, he's there, and he's sort of like this, uh, he himself also like this infamous character in the world of horror. Right. But, I mean, he really wanted to, this is the early aughts, too, so he wanted to figure out something, you know. Guys in Pittsburgh, he's going to Savini school, he's looking at Romero as a hero, but he was like, you know what? I want to do something that nobody's done before. And it's interesting because now this whole like obsession with serial killers has gone mainstream. This is the early aughts. It was out yeah. there. You could find things and you could find some decent documentaries. Henry, I mean, too. Henry, Man Bites Dog, I feel like both precursors to this. Yeah, but then even things like Paradise Lost, like the documentary on like the West Memphis Three, uh, you could get out there, but it wasn't like every single podcast oh, was about true yeah, crime yeah, and yeah, serial yeah. killers and yeah. people weren't getting tattoos of them. This was and, before it was cool. Yeah. Before yeah, Dahmer. Before well, Dahmer just before and, it was like, you know, you talk to like anybody, you know, someone walking out of Starbucks with a pumpkin spice latte and they're like, I know all about Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah, you know, it's so kind of weird. This actually. was super timely. And I love the fact, I never thought about this, but he talks about how this was like pretty close, like on the heels of Blair Witch. Blair Witch, right. Which did the whole viral thing perfectly and was also something, it's not that this hadn't been done before, Blair Witch had been done before, it was the right time, hadn't been done this way, and it took advantage of some, like the internet being so early, like when I saw it. It was like we were still on like LimeWire and, you know, like people were bootlegging shit left and right. And it was movies, not just music. And this was like one of the big things that you heard about. Like this and this is how you did it back then. You know, like somehow pre-internet being in everyone's hand 24 hours a day, everybody knew about August Underground somehow. As far as filmmaking and being grossed out, but also wildly impressed, this is legit. Yeah. All the other super disturbing, gory movies, you you feel like all the the gore is very set up. And the camera's like stationary and the fake arm is there and it's getting cut off and and you can always kind of yeah. tell that it's not real. And I'd heard the you know, the legend of this movie and, and never saw it cuz a lot of the stuff in like the collectors like hardcore horror scene uh, I find that like when you actually get your hands on it, it's kind of trash. Yeah, the, the best part was hearing about it. Right. And so <laughs> yeah. I was like, I don't really need to see that. And then when I watched it, the movement of the camera and all that stuff is incredible. And you don't even notice the editing. That's the best part of it. There's not any filters. And, and the editing is like moving with the camera. So like you don't even think that it's not real. You kind of lose yourself in it uh, because of the cinematography. But, yeah, I thought this was way better. It reminded me of, like, early aughts indie Midwestern dramas, you know, like, uh, about, like, poor trash people. uh, I thought it was, Florida Project and, like, stuff like that. Yeah. And the essence of the movie was that. But then you have all the incredible gore. 
like maybe the greatest gore I've ever seen. Like the greatest, the most realistic, uh, and, and just disgusting ideas. Just this gross, <laughs> disgusting ideas. And then I I saw some some people talking about um, when you get the Blu-ray. The behind the scenes for these are amazing. Oh, the the special um, edition, the the bonus material. Yeah, there's tons of it. Yeah, yeah, and I guess they're all having a really good time while they're filming all this, and they're laughing, and they're like in shock themselves that they've taken it so far. <laughs> right, right. And uh, that that kind of makes it, you know, you ha- the movies where you have to go back to that that childish thing where you're like, oh, I just get to see the zombie with the putting on the mask. It's all make believe. Uh, this this gives you that vibe, but I I love this. I'm not gonna watch it again, probably. <laughs> but it's a grime ball of a fucking movie, and it's the most vile movie I've ever seen. Yeah, you think this is the most vile? This is more the vile. Most, the most. Atros? Yes, because it's more realistic. Oh, this yeah, is yeah. the this oh, is the Texas pretty... Chainsaw Massacre of all that stuff. But I mean, the... more vile than Angel's Melancholy. Yeah. The whole trilogy of filth. Not <laughs> only is, not only is this the best one, but it goes the hardest. Wow, that that is high praise. I mean, I I was having a hard time. I was trying to decide, you know, where where it plays. It, it's it's if it's not the top, it's near the top. Ab- absolutely, a hundred percent. It did kind of remind me what you were saying about like midwestern. I, I kind of thought, even though like kids or something, even yeah, yeah even though Vogel's from Jersey and he, and this is was made in um, Pennsylvania, it kind of it gave me um, like juggle horror. Yeah, like Harmony Kareem. Oh God, you know, like I hate thinking of it like that, but you're kind of spot on. That's not, that's not an insult. There's nothing wrong with Juggalos. Like if Juggalos made you know Man Bites Dog, it, right. it, it'd be this or um, or even Clerks. This is like Man Bites Dog meets Clerks. You got these chuckleheads with the double piercings and the. I love all that you know. This type of movie, these found footage brutality movies, they always feature tons of unfortunate tattoos. That's that's one yeah, thing that, you can such always a bad tat. You're gonna see so many bad tats. But we're talking about the look of this. I, I was listening to I listened to a couple of interviews with with Vogel, and we were we were always talking about when we watch a lot of these found footage brutal movies. A lot of times they have the fakest digital filters yeah. trying to make it look degraded and uh, make it look old. And it, it gets annoying. It actually just bothers you by halfway through the movie. And uh, I was listening to Vogel talk about how they they achieved the worn look of this through actually making copies of that video. They copied the, the tape so many times until it looked exactly how, you know, the level of degradation that they wanted to have. And it, it really shows. It's, it's just so authentic. Dave, you talked about how this movie kind of sucks you in, and we keep talking about how it's realistic. <clears throat> and one of the best things that I noticed, it happens in both the first and the third one, but there's these sort of meandering scenes where you get these guys. You get the guy behind the camera, and you get Vogel. Yeah. I think his name's Peter in these. Yes, Peter is the lead. Is the lead uh, and, yeah. and, like, dude behind the camera has, like, the best laugh. Like, we've talked about it. Like, laughs can be real. Like, gutter balls, for instance, that, you know, we had just done, like... Well, especially Way in found footage. Yeah, it can be like a lot. This dude behind the camera is perfect. But they go from like these meandering scenes that they almost make you forget how gross this movie is because it's a completely yeah. different setup. Yes. However, you also yes. you're aware and you're kind of on alert because the movie starts off 
fucking bonkers. Right into There's it. There's no like him getting out of bed. No. There's no setup that this guy might not be a psycho. It's dude with the camera goes down some stairs. All of a sudden, I got something is. to show you. It's so <laughs> fucked up. You're gonna love this. Yeah, I, yeah, I think you're gonna love this. <laughs> but I notice that they'll do these meandering scenes, and it gets you like kind of like on edge. Yeah. It relaxes yeah. you, and then you get on edge because you're like, oh, they're gonna kill this person, and they never do. Yeah. yeah. So the editing you talked about, Dave, like they'll be like in like a convenience store fucking with people, and you're like, they're gonna fucking kill these people. But then all of a sudden, it just cuts to a a basement scene or something. Completely different people have now are now tied up and just being like tortured and ripped apart. And I love that because that makes it even more realistic because if I was running around, if I was a serial killer and I was out there running around and I needed to capture somebody, I'm not going to be holding the camera. It's one of the biggest found footage problems we talk yes. about all the time Yes, is like, oh, Jesus, how are they going to make it seem? Well, I victim, would put the camera away. I need to, I need to kidnap you right now. The victim now. doesn't have the camera. That's the best part. It's POV. Right. That's and how that, So yes. the victim's always freaking out and screaming and shaking the camera everywhere. And that's what sucks about found footage. This is the aggressor, the assailant holding it. And there's two, right? So there's a cameraman and a and the thrill killers of their roles are very well uh, divided. There's the guy that holds the camera. He now he does a lot of stuff too, but most of it is is now, Peter. What do you call like like the fake hammer hits and all that stuff? Ugh, it's Those are so, so convincing. Yeah. Uh, and that's even you'll see like a Liam Neeson movie and like be like. That what hammer. the hell is that? And everything looks so. Uh, it's got to be is it, ru- is it like a rubber? It's got to be like a rubber hammer because <laughs> there's no pullback on those hits. It's not like he's rubber. Doing I think it pro says. A, I think he says it's a rubber hammer. Okay. Okay. But it, yeah, it's one. I think if you go all the way back to one of the first times we talked about this movie, like quickly on the show, I think that stuck with me for 20 years. The hammer. Like yeah. watching this movie, whatever <laughs> I remembered from that party in this film was the was the and and That's on to the me cover, it was like too. a hammer scene, but like the hammer is a very favorite weapon of Peter's. Yeah, uh, and it stuck with me because it's super realistic. It's a great scene on right now I want to mention where they are just in a big field and there's just a giant crucifixion statue, a giant statue of Christ on the cross and uh, Mary or somebody kneeling and and praying in front of it. And they're just kind of, you know, just being juggalos, fucking off in the fields with these religious statues. But it reminded me of so many movies where you have a scene in the church, some of these brutal movies where the next scene they go to a church and they ask forgiveness or there's some religious imagery that comes up and then it goes back to the filth. I'm I'm bummed that Cat's not here this week because apparently Vogel's a huge wrestling fan. He is, yeah. So yeah, yeah. you know they she would have had that. She could have like maybe talked to him about that. I I actually did notice my only the only critique about the realism, the um the sex worker kill. He's he's throwing these punches. He he he, he throws a couple. No, he, he's like on the ground and he's punching. He's throwing some pro wrestling fake punches that yeah, you yeah. can tell that that's where he gets, you know, that he gets it from the pro wrestler. <laughs> and it's only for a second, but if if you know that move, you know the way they punch. Sometimes you can see he's doing that. So was this not shot on video? Was this shot on like a regular movie camera and then degraded through processing? After? I think it. I think this one. This one. I think was SOV. Okay, because uh, it I, looks SOV. I think right? so. Yeah. I think the first I, I think two so. are. I think the third one they went to an HD cam, like a digital HD cam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they wanted to, they wanted to degrade it even more than shot on video already. 
I like that. Either that or it was a byproduct. The fact that like they, I mean they were literally are they duping just, like, them? Are they are they, they duping were doing them it all themselves? They were duping it. Yeah, they were duping it all themselves manually, wow. as, as though you might with a real snuff movie that's out there, you know, getting traded. And they send it out that way. They send it out to a lot of publications and blogs as VHS without a, you know, they made it look like it might be real. And yeah, he said, I mean, like, speaking of wrestling, he said that he reaction. was taking whatever VHS tapes he had around his house. So if, like, if he was sending oh, you a copy <laughs> to check it out. He put the tape over the things and <laughs> Yeah, like, no label, rip the label off. But, like, you could put it in and it would start with, like, WrestleMania, whatever, and then all of a sudden cut into August Underground. Because he was just taping over whatever he had at home. Wow. I would love to have a copy like that. Yes. Uh, so we're saying this movie's great. We're praising this to, to high hell. But do not watch this movie. <laughs> <laughs> do not watch. It's not good. This, this episode is a big old trigger warning. Let's put that. We're joking around. Fair. This is this is nothing to us. We're seasoned veterans. We're hardened criminals. You know, you put shit in her tit. Y- yeah, uh, I mean, oh. this is this is nothing to us. Uh, no, even to us, it's something. But yeah, well, we're, the, the, <laughs> I think that, you know what this might be. This may take the throne because you, we always talk about how you find that person and like they're like, oh, I'm a huge horror fan, and you always drop like a. Serbian film or start dropping some extreme Holocaust ones in there. See how far like, this person whatever. goes. Yeah, I wouldn't even bring this up. <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't gonna, either. I was I was thinking about you, Kevin, and I was thinking if somebody put this on at my house in 2002, I don't know if I would have left to stay. <laughs> it was their house, so so I was there. Okay, I might have left if they had asked me to then go into the basement. I probably would not have complied. Caitlin was watching this with me, and she was giving a speech on how. Serbian film and Human Centipede and everything were like respectable movies. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like this. Some this we, like we are at an all-time low. I, she can't believe that we're actually watching this stuff. Uh, that was only like making me more convinced that this movie is doing what it's supposed to do. It's all-time high. It's super like. metal. It reminds me of like the Norwegian uh, death metal stuff. Like, oh, yeah, a, yeah. Element of yes, you kind of believe it. They could have been burning churches too. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> on, on the when they couldn't find a victim. I uh, do love how early two thousands it is though. Like his spiky haircut oh, and the ev- earrings. Everything. Like you mentioned the tattoos I mean, and stuff like that. Uh, like it is spot on. So this guy that's uh, the guy that plays the convenience store clerk that they brutalize and they don't seem to quite kill him. They kind of leave him just for injured. He is actually the clerk at the local video store that Fred Vogel grew up renting mov- movies from. And rented him like I spit on your grave and these movies when he was thirteen years old. That's who that guy is. Uh, and then the, we just saw the scene where he breaks into the old lady's house or he helps her with her groceries. And then that was his grandmother. She was yeah. and she was eighty one years old when she did that scene. Yeah, I was thinking about it because li- like listen, I think I listened to it, one of the same episodes that you did. Well, you sent it to me, so I know you listened to it. And the way he was describing his grandmother was so similar to my own grandmother. Yeah. And and she would have done anything for me. Anything. Yeah. Yeah. Except this. His grandma's <laughs> fucking again, she takes the throne because no way. I could have been from age five been like I just want to be a filmmaker, Graham. And then when I was like twenty three or however old Vogel is here, I could have been like, Graham, I got it. It's my big shot. I'm gonna need to hit you in the head with a hammer. And fucking kill you. And she would have been like she was And you're not getting a Christmas card this year. <laughs> I need to know what Adrian Tofay thinks of this. I, you and, know, yes. I'm going to ask him. I'll ask him on the uh, Patreon 
uh, chat. I'm very curious because there's actually, I'm wondering if there was, I'd, I'm going to guess that Adrian shies away from this level of brutality, but. And Mark Borchardt. Yes. And I wonder what he thinks of this movie too, because they're both. Dude. Remember. At the same time. <laughs> dude. There's a scene in this movie where he's talking about trimming the fat off someone. Like, oh, we got to trim some fat off this one. There's the same scene in Be My Cat. Remember, there's the whole bit is about she's fat too shaming, big. Yeah. yeah, she's too too big for the role. And at one point, he talks about he's he's going to cut some fat off of her. And then there was another thing I wondered about as far as tributes in Atroz. One of the grossest scenes in Atroz is the poop in the breast. Th- that had to be. Now that Lex Ortega, who made Atroz, he loves gore. Uh, in gore, we trust is like his motto. I am sure that that scene in Atroz with the poop in the breast. Had to be from this. A nod to this. Had yeah. to be. I mean, it's the same exact. They do the same exact thing. You've never done that. <laughs> I'm, not, uh, I'm not saying. I'm not saying. How how did you do, Kevin, with the poop in this? The only time it to me that it was super obvious was like right out the gate. And again, like we talk about how the gore looks real, that poop looks real. So disgusting. I have I, absolutely I mean, no I'm doubt in my mind that that could it. be poop. And they're always talking about the smell. Yeah, exactly. That too. That too. You know what? <laughs> you know what's fucked up though. I found myself if there was a poop scene and they're talking about the smell. They do it a lot, like when they're like disemboweling somebody. They're like, "Oh, like that smells." Well, I wonder what they ate. I kept like to get away from the poop thing and throwing up. I would be like, "Oh, imagine what like uh, bowels smell like, or like imagine what guts smell like." Is that that was actually yeah. like my way out? Oh. That's what this movie does to you. Yeah. You're like, you know what's nicer than what I'm watching is if I just think about somebody ripping someone's guts out. I wonder what that smells like. There's quite a bit of that in the uh, in the next one. So the the practical effect of when he was like, I, I think I've ruptured something. Oh, yeah. The, the, yeah, that's in, the, that's in penance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, oh I'm, I'm sorry. I know. I, am I mixing them up? <laughs> it's, hard to, it's hard to keep no, all no. the... Oh, that's in penance? Yeah. The, the oh, entrails, okay. there's a lot of entrails in penance, and I want to talk about those, but I did want okay, to also sorry. mention that um, the guy behind the camera in this, Alan Peters is his name, he's playing the sidekick. He. This was the last association he had with Totag Pictures because when they started getting this movie out there and reactions started coming in, he he freaked out and he, he couldn't handle it. He was like, I have a family. He had, he had kids and stuff. And he was like, I, I can't, the, the level of vitriol that they were getting back and the outrage, he said, I can't have anything to do with this anymore. And he didn't do anything else with Totak. That was it. He went off and, and lived his life and just couldn't, couldn't be associated. I mean, sometimes you got to really pay the price for a cult classic. That's right. You know what I mean? Yes. It really, but ugh, this movie. I don't know. I hope my nine ninety nine. Two times for both of these, which I now own. You guys have given me shit before for some of the films that I own, but sometimes that's the only way you can really like acquire them. Yeah, uh, if you want to watch, I, I hope it's helping Vogel and Toad. Me too. Out I, because me too. I was thinking the same thing. You know what? Hell yeah, man. We're still talking about. He was twenty three years old, under two thousand dollars, and I, I should say because I've heard him correct people before. He was an instructor at Tom Savini School. He wasn't just a student. Uh, at that age, to go out and make this movie, and here we are being blown away by it 20-plus years later, I think is really amazing. So happy to chip, chip in the 10 bucks. Yeah, high five and fuck you all at the same time. <laughs> like, all out of love, though. Happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
Okay, my second pick for Valentine's Day with the fellas. Talking about August Underground's Penance, which is the third film in the trilogy, the third and final. Or I'm, I think of it sort of like this is the August Underground Christmas movie. Yeah. A lot of a heartwarming, heartwarming holiday. Probably the, the best, well, the best, I mean. Valentine's. One you of need, the most powerful scenes. The greatest. The <laughs> one of the most powerful scenes of the movie. So this is quite an upgrade from August Underground. This, we're up to $6,000 budget now. This is the most expensive of the three movies. And now we've gone straight digital. And, and I love the choice to, they're not trying to do the degraded VHS uh, tape thing in this. It looks great. High def. This was a new camera. I really liked that choice. And I really liked the thing about this movie is that it's there's much more narrative. So now instead of the two thrill-killing buddies, you've got a thrill-killing couple. And it's the same lead guy, Peter, played by Fred Vogel. But this time it's him and his girlfriend, Krusty. Christy Krusty, they call her. Real name Christy Krusty. Goes by Krusty in this. I can assume she might have gone by that in real life. Um, born again Christian now, I've, by the way. She's uh, repudiated this lifestyle. She's uh, uh, found the Lord, has a family, and all kinds of nice stuff. Doesn't have anything to do with this stuff anymore. So a lot of people seem to have gone on to clean up after their involvement in, the, <laughs> in these movies. So there's a lot more narrative with with Peter and his girlfriend, and that makes it even more powerful. I think I watched these back to back the first time, and by the time you know you're into penance, you just there's you've seen so much so quickly. Um, but I really like how this one arcs the story of their their relationship and the disintegration of it. And like you were talking about, Kevin, the effectiveness of going between those two scenes. And, I, and that's something that Vogel's talked about with Mortem. He felt like there was no there was no narrative, there was no story, there was nothing else. It was just a series of disgusting, vile scenes. Mortem being the second that we're not. Yeah, discussing. the middle one that he's kind of di- Vogel's kind of disowned. And part of the reason he made Penance was to just button it up on his terms, make it a trilogy, and end it the way he wanted to end it. And, and I think that is really effective, the way it goes back and forth between them doing the most mundane, you know, juggle a couple thing, you know, just joking around and stuff to um, <laughs> the absolute, absolute brutality in this movie. Entrails galore. So, you know, I love the entrails in the horror movies. You don't see a lot of entrails in found footage, really. And this this found footage movie... They must, I don't know if they had access to a butcher shop or what What happened, if they made these guts, were they animal guts, but they are very real. You can smell it coming right off the oh. screen. Uh, I absolutely love this. By the time I was done watching this one, I, I was convinced that we have been to the mountaintop. We have really seen something special. And uh, I kind of thought this one was, was even more brutal than than uh, the first one, but it just it continues the way it should, and I think it, it ends the trilogy the way it should. Love this movie. As someone that used to own a butcher shop, I could say that these guys definitely have a slaughterhouse hookup. <laughs> okay, all right. They have a slaughterhouse plug. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, what's more romantic than this movie on Valentine's Day? This is yes. the natural born killers meets eternal... Uh, <laughs> Eternal sunshine of the spotless mind. <laughs> uh, it's it's uh, she she is Clementine right now, mm. but I I like that part of it. I I didn't I watched this first because you said you threw up or something or you gagged. I, I had a 
a few good wretch, a <laughs> wow. few good wretches in this movie. Yes. Wow, that's good. That's uh, when she um, when she drinks the blood from the guy, oh. the nose, the bloody nose, the bloody nose that got the guy hung up, and he's he's leaning forward, and the blood is just streaming out from his nose because he's been hit with a hammer so many times, and she drops down in front of him and just drinks the blood out of his nose. My God. I mean, it's hard to find a partner. That you can like agree on like what kind of pizza to get or whatever, you know, to find someone this exclusive to your tastes and your pleasures and the things that you like to do in life uh, is a beautiful thing. Whenever there are trash bags and duct tape and blood, uh, which both of these movies have lots of, it creates this layer of filth on the outside of of the whole thing. Um, just just because. It's so real. It's so like true crime serial killer. Whenever you see real footage of stuff, it's always the trash bags, the duct tape. Yeah. Again, grotesque, disgusting, <laughs> vile, putrid. I love it. <laughs> Everything in this one is amped up, and and not just like the gore and and how disgusting it is. Everything is amped up, like the video quality, like you talked about, Trent. But it still retains. That authenticity, yes. this is exactly how it would look if we were running around the streets exactly. of Portland with one of these cameras. Yep, exactly. We wouldn't focus right all the time. This one, even more than the, than the last one, and I think it adds to the couple dynamic, has scenes where the camera is not showing you. Like, I was yelling at the TV, like, move the fucking camera. Right. And he's, like, yelling at her, did you get that? Yeah. And I'm like, Jesus yeah, Christ, I'm turning yeah. into this guy. <laughs> but the the not just, like, the transformation and, like, the different vibe from it being a couple his transformation is super interesting to me because in the first movie, he's this early aughts, looks like he could leave slaughtering someone and go sing for Smash Mouth. Yeah. And then in this one, like, he's got like this like Bundy or like Gacy vibe. Yeah. Like he's always got yeah. his shirt tucked in. He's got like cool yeah. guy shades. He's got this like weird fucking normal bowl, like he just hasn't cut his hair or something. Like yeah. even his like progression is interesting. And she is just fucking amazing. So both of them, the way they degrade throughout the film, and again, I'm not just talking about uh, the things they do to other people, the characters themselves, the way they just disintegrate before your eyes in this film, her yeah. in particular, is is kind of heartbreaking. Yeah. Like Dave did mention even before a couple days ago, uh, you know, you mentioned like, you know, this is almost like a romantic movie. <laughs> But it, it really does, it hits some of those same like emotional buttons as if you were watching like a natural born killers or like a more traditional like drama or something like that. So really well done. I'm glad that he kind of, you know, wrapped this up on his own terms yeah. and did this. But again, there's still kind of no ending. And, and don't go into these movies. I love about these movies it adds to the realism don't go in thinking that in any of the movies you're going to get like a backstory exposition explanations for why these people are doing the things it's legit just let's just start the movie and we're going to be killing somebody mundane scene killing somebody mundane scene killing somebody there's no like i have daddy issues Th here's my no mom exposition at all nothing but you, you, have you have to pick up you know the story that's there you really have to pick up through those scenes in between the yes, and it killing. does make me curious about the second one. If despite how that was made and and some of Vogel's you know kind of disowning it or just not having his hands fully in it, yeah, <laughs> gross. Um, 
I wonder if there that probably does add to the arc, and it probably was part of the inspiration for where he took this third one. But I mean, again, I think the OG is the OG. The third one, um, you know, just kind of like better in all filmmaking aspects. Yeah. Uh, but for like pure shock value, top of the mountain, August Underground, the first one is yeah. totally where it's at. Uh, but the, but I, I do agree. <clears throat> that you should watch these like in succession. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, again, we're not recommending that you sit down and watch not these that movies you should at all. <laughs> but if you were to, that would be my preferred uh, viewing okay. style. I mean, this gets pretty. I, I don't know. The thing about this one is not only the character arcs that are more prominent or more distinguished. In this one, the the arc of the brutality. It, this one really, the we talked about the first one just starts right off with some of the worst stuff in the whole movie, but this one really amps up over the course of the movie, the stuff they show you, the things that they do gets worse and worse and worse and worse until you get to the entrails, you get to the baby, uh, you, you really top it off with a real just explosion, the whole basement is just guts and gore and fetuses, they're doing surgeries, they're just, oh my god. Another thing with found footage stuff is you usually have bad postured acting and yeah. it's this is like a scene and a time in the early 2000s where these sort of people in the midst of a camera would be constantly posturing so like that immediately becomes realistic yeah. when you have like the metal guys the alternative rock guys yeah they Get super macho in front of in, when the camera's out and they're drinking beer and it's it's they, pretty I, scary. I'm curious if we should be calling it found footage. I don't really. It is found footage. It's a def, the definition of. Yeah. It's it's found footage. This is a found VHS tape. Yeah. This is their home movie. Yeah, I guess that's true. His entire marketing plan was to like hide this in places and stuff. Okay. All right. Yeah. yeah. It, it's it's a some it's someone's uh it's the tape of someone's courtship. It's yeah. Fun. Well, and that was sort of like one of the viral things that went around. Again, early 2000s internet is is not in our hands all the time. One of the things that like added to the mystique is that this there was a rumor going around. This was being peddled as like an actual snuff film. Yeah, I mean they were they were encouraging that the the, the mystique, and even to this day, there's I we'll want to talk about the home invasion scene in this, but Ugh. there's a, a child involved, and I, I listened to an interview with Fred, who by the I want to also say. Seems to super cool, normal, chill guy. You can follow him on Instagram. He's not a crazy freak at all. He's just a really talented filmmaker. I no, know um, shit. But they asked him in the interview. They asked him who, how old was the actress that played the child in that in that Christmas scene? And he said, "That's not something I say. Actually, uh, that's just something that I just you know we've always just left it out there. We've never said." We don't know how old that actress was. So fucking cool. So when I so say that, that, when I say the third one may not be that August Underground, I think just what it achieved, and it was the original. The home invasion scene is one of the most difficult scenes I've ever watched in any movie of all time. Definitely. It upset me more than the end of a Serbian film. It is. Oh my god! They stumble onto a, a house on Christmas. It's near Christmas. It's a family, a, a, a father and a, a mother, and a, and what appears is a daughter. It's in the way it's done because they're beating up the family, and it's really you know these movies don't shy away from the sexual violence. We should mention that it's not just entrails and and blood and guts. There's a lot of sexual stuff in both of these movies, and it is absolutely sickening. The 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 scene that goes on, and then all of a sudden it surprises you. 
the little girl is woken up in her pajamas from upstairs and she appears at the at the landing and Krusty just jumps on her, sets down the camera perfectly so that you can see what's happening. <laughs> oh, oh man. It's, it's one of the meanest scenes <laughs> in any movie of all time. Mean. I think that's yes. the best way. It's so mean. In the first one, we get that concert scene, which I love. They go to like a, a DIY metal show, oh. and and Peter gets way too violent in the pit, and he gets thrown out. So and then in this one, they end up at a bar at one point. There's a crazy bathroom scene. But the party, they go to a party at this house where they've got exotic animals, and they're doing hard drugs and it's very realistic. It just seems like what they were would be doing. And the, these guys have an alligator, like, I don't know, a three-foot alligator, man. something in a big tank. It brought me back to uh, Cannibal Holocaust and so many, even Snuff 102, so many of the extreme movies, they include some of the animal stuff in there. So you get the alligator feeding time, which the feeding time is live rats. You got the lion in the cage, it's I want a great scene, dude. Yeah. I tried to look for like who, where did this line come from? The guy, Joe has Exotic. A, yeah, I was, <laughs> no, it, yeah. yeah, it's like that. They have a line in a cage, just some, hanging out. Some guy has some Juggalo Zoo, and you, uh, you said <laughs> Juggalo so many. Times. It reminds me of more like West than uh, New Jersey. It reminds me of like Ohio. Like you're saying, Juggalo. well, this is Pennsylvania. Oh, Pennsylvania. Pre- yeah, okay. yeah. He was from New Jersey, but this was all Pennsylvania. Oh. I- I thought which I, makes they're, they, one of, of them they're screaming New Ohio. Jersey at one point when they're drunk. Uh, I think they still, yeah, maybe they're still from there. Maybe they go back and forth. Was it set? It was filmed in Pennsylvania. Maybe it was set in Jersey. That's where maybe. No, there's like you can see Pennsylvania. There's okay shots where you can tell, and they're, they're also right. traveling too. So you don't you don't know how you know how many miles they're putting down. The nails are nice. The nails in the, the side of this guy's body. Ugh. This guy gets it really, really bad. This is a spectacular death, this gentleman here. You know, as far as the timing, Kevin, you were talking about before the serial killer boom, quote unquote, and being right on the heels of uh, Blair Witch, as far as found footage, it was basically Blair Witch and this. I was thinking about, too, the the torture porn era. This was, if you mark that, somewhere around 2005 for Hostel, um, first August Underground. I mean, this is, the third one is 2006, uh, so if you match this up with the with the torture porn era, this is ahead of that. This is a, a pretty in line with the New French Extremity, even before a lot of the New French Extremity that we talk about. Yeah, yeah there was more obscure stuff going on, even the some of the Japanese extreme stuff. D- this was really ahead of even the commercial horror films, commercial extreme horror films. This was ahead of all those too. Yeah, and arguably better. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, or more effective. I don't want to. I mean, I'm not. I taken with uh with these i don't want to denigrate you know hostile hostile i don't know this is better than hostile. I, I, no no i mean i i mean i love those movies love them but yeah hostile is like a disney flick after watching <laughs> well, yeah, well yeah i would watch hostile to like cleanse the palate after <laughs> august true. undergrad I, I actually wish that i had watched them from the first one second one third one in a row instead yeah. of going backwards like i did and not, i didn't even watch them the second one right but you said something about the second one is like more sexual stuff. And- That's just what what Vogel has said. I haven't seen it because I was really trying to. 
it was hard enough to keep these two movies separate in my mind. So I didn't want to add the, the middle one in there just to confuse me. And, you know, Vogel isn't a big fan of it. And that one is actually for, for I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but that one's not on streaming. It was released by Unearthed Films with all three of them were released, but that one is not on streaming. And this one is only voodoo for some reason. Not it must on be hilarious when Fred Vogel like censors something like, whoa, whoa, <laughs> that's the line, buddy. <laughs> Well, he was—he yeah. was just saying that he thought there was no, there was nothing to it, but right. dick after dick after dick. The, the guy right. that had kind of taken it over, he said he just felt like he kept showing his, he wanted to show his dick a lot. Yeah, from <laughs> what I understand, like, it, and and I, and I could be off here, but from what I understand, he Vogel didn't intend to make a sequel. He yes. started working with the band Necrophagia, was doing some music videos, was right. maybe in Europe doing like Death a documentary. And this dude that plays Krusty's brother, Maggot, in the second one is the guy that sort of like started turning it into a film. Right. And Vogel was just like, so punk rock DIY. I don't have yeah. time for this. By the time he got around and realized what was happening, he was like, fuck, now I got to like try to make this a movie. But it sounds pretty fucked up. It I, I mean, I will check depraved. it out. It's on fduppmovies.com. Um, and it's all, you know, the first one actually also, the first August Underground movie is on the Internet Archive site. You guys ever check that site out? It's archive.org. Um, there's a lot of stuff that has that's on there. Sometimes if you can't find a movie, you'll find it on Internet Archive because I don't know how that works legally, but they've just cataloged stuff from the dawn of the Internet to, to now. And, da and Dave... I think before we started recording, we were talking about the second movie, and you looked it up on F'd Up. I think both cuts. Just two cause, cuts, Because the yeah. dude that yeah. kind of ran cut. with it, the maggot cut, yeah, that's yeah. his character in the movie. And then there's Vogel's cut. So I think you got to, I don't know, you, will, you should beware any time you're <laughs> dancing around these films. but <laughs> Any cut is dangerous. But when it... It, this movie's infamous, but I do think that it has like I think of them both as kind of the same movie because I mm. think it's pulled off very similar. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't think they're regarded high enough Me as either. far as like even all the shock cinema and the French extremity, like you were talking about. I know it's not French, but uh, it's just not in those conversations as much as just kind no, of. I know. Uh, I know. I th I think that's one uh, by design. Um, Fred yeah. Vogel's last film was 2018, and that's not on streaming. If you want to see the final interview, which I'm very curious about, it's not Me it's not too. a gore movie at all. It's not extreme from what I've heard it described. Um, that's you have to buy like a thirty forty dollar packet from him where you get the movie and you get extra. You can grab like a ten dollar digital download from oh, the movies. You, website. Oh, you can get digital. Oh, yeah. okay. But you have to go that. to the movie's website. But it's he's, not, you're it's not still gonna him. find it on a streamer. Right. Yes. It's, it's still him. You have yes. to buy it from him. So I think that's one reason it's been lost. And two, I think it was so far ahead of its time, the reputation the reputation of this movie just ruined the title August Underground. People hear that, they think, wait, wasn't that the one that might have been a snuff film? And you know, and he I've heard him talk about that that's actually come back to bite him because he still works in the, he's um SAG now. He's a union guy now. Uh he still works in, in the business and still makes movies, but he has said that it's been hard sometimes to get funding for something or get people to take them seriously because they just, oh, oh, this is the snuff guy, you know, that made these snuff movies. So the reputation almost worked too well, maybe. Well, we've done it. We've, we've, yeah, we got through. We, we put the shovel a, down, right? I feel like we hit a, we hit a peak. We <laughs> we've peaked. been to the mountaintop, man. This, this, I know. I don't know where you're going to, I don't know what you can come at me. And I'd love suggestions. You guys are, you guys are lucky that it's not my week because I would have made you watch like Monster House and like Nightmare Before Christmas or something. That's yeah. what we need after a week like this. I, I would love a challenge. If anybody, think of, 
all that we've talked about, all that we've seen, all that we've endured, all that we've studied, to now be here, finally, talking about August Underground, I, I just don't know what else there is really for us in the way of extreme. If, if you've got something you think is going to wow us, please hit us up on Instagram, let us know. And I did want to ask you guys on, on that note, the baby scene in this, because this, this builds, as I said, the, the extremity builds throughout the movie. And you do eventually end up, it's not the very end, but you do end up with a, with a, a fetus. I mean, it's a baby. It's not a fetus, it's a baby, but it, it's a premature now at this point, baby. It's been, <laughs> I mean, so a thing happens in, in the, <laughs> the baby, but, uh, but that's something we've seen. We saw in Serbian film. We saw in Human Centipede 2. Um, and there's another one. As far as the babies, oh, um, Angel's Melancholy kicks right off with the, with the newborn Oh, right, scene. right, right. As far as baby scenes go, I, I think this one is... <laughs> oh, we're getting into it. This is the stuff. Oh, that's the stuff. We're, we're watching a disemboweling right now, and my... And he... Okay, this is something they do in both movies. When, when he himself, when Fred Vogel starts retching and he has to turn away from what he's doing he's sawing up a body in the tub or in this case disemboweling a guy on the floor when he turns away and can't stop retching and he even he he pukes in both movies he pukes props for that authenticity i don't think that was fx that really sells it you know that and again that's probably some of his pro wrestling phantom he knows how to sell that he is hurt he's disgusted <laughs> kevin kevin is gone kevin, kevin. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin has gone off mic. Anyway, as far as the baby, I just I think we've seen um I think we've seen worse. I'm numb to the babies. So. <laughs> I told you but everything after home invasion or like there was cakewalk. <laughs> breezy. It was breezy after the home invasion. Next week. <laughs> what do we got? What's what's on tap for next week, Dave? Oh, next week something's afoot. Oh, a big foot. <laughs> I made it. Well, Caitlin actually came up with that slogan. Um, but um, I'm going with Demon Warp from 1988, only on YouTube. It looks maybe worse than than August Underground, <laughs> but maybe not on purpose, like August Underground. Yeah, it's a it's a degraded VHS, is what it is. But I hope you can still see its merits. And Primal Rage from 2018. It's Bigfoot uh, from space and Bigfoot from the woods. And uh, Primal Ridge on Tubi, yeah? Yes. Yes.